Hey everyone, I'm Josh. And I'm Dan. And you found your way to the Last Vestige podcast. Named after a music store we went to in college to dig through cheap and used CDs in search of new music, each episode will take a deep dive into an album front to back. We'll share our thoughts on the music and whatever other interesting stuff we can dig up on the album, the artist, or anything else we come up with. No music theory or music experience is necessary, and no recording or genre is off limits. So whether you're making your living as a musician or just looking for a conversation to put on in the background, we hope you'll find something here for you. What started as an excuse for Dan and I to call each other and geek out on music became an excuse for us to start a podcast. Welcome to Last Vestige. The comet is coming will destroy illusions. It will manifest new realities, perceptions, levels of awareness, and abilities to coexist. It is a musical expression forged in the deep mystery. It is the overcoming of fear, the embracing of chaos, the peripheral cycle of the fire, of the fire. But yeah, so on this episode, we are talking the album Trust in the Life Force of the Deep Mystery by The Comet is Coming. Yes. It's classified on iTunes as an electronic album. And after listening to this album, I would disagree with that. Yeah. Just based I mean, on the I idea guess that I feel that's... like electronic gives it, it makes me, it felt like a mislead. Yeah. I guess that's a good place to start, actually, is what, what do we think this album is? Because I pitched it to you as jazz. You did, and I'm more willing to accept jazz than I am electronic. It felt like, I don't know, like, kind of just like modern jazz. It yeah. felt like a, like a modern jazz album. That's where I'm at with it, is it's not, it's not jazz in the sense of, like, Coltrane. No. Although they've clearly listened to a lot of Coltrane. Yeah. It felt a bit like Kamasi Washington to me at times. Yeah, I can see that. Did you ever listen to the epic? Is oh yeah, I own that album. on vinyl. That would be a nice album to own on vinyl. Yeah, it's really fun. It reminded me of that at times, and it's the closest thing totally. that I could relate it to. Yeah, I mean they're clearly like taking some inspiration from Sun Ra in like the way they pitch themselves and yeah, some of the like sci-fi sound of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think it's cool. electronic. The album cover is cool. A Speaking lot of, of their album covers are cool. Stuff. I like their album covers generally, but yeah, it's, I guess I was reading more and their saxophone player plays in another slightly more straight up jazz band that I almost suggested we do called Sons of Commit, who are really good. But I don't know, there's something about mixing in the synths that I think is really kind of fun. I just, I just looked up. So I, having been pretty busy the last week, I didn't mm-hmm. look up any like names of the people oh yeah they're, and they're i just saw that they identify they they're they have like alter ego names. names yeah there's betamax yep. killer danalog mm-hmm. the conqueror and king shabaka yep that's great shabaka is the saxophonist danalog is a play on analog synthesizers and dan because his real name his first name yes and then Betamax is Max Hollett. Yep. They're a drummer. 
They yeah. they describe their sound as apocalyptic space punk, hmm. which I can get behind that. Yeah, more than I can get get behind electronic. This was a cool album, though. I liked it. I mean, as far as album thoughts go, I liked it. It. I didn't know what to expect because you pitched it as more of a psychedelic jazz, and then yeah. when I opened it up, it just said electronic, and it kind of falls. It falls in between there, but more leaning towards the jazz aspect. Yeah. Uh, I have been listening to, I don't want to say a lot of, because I've only been listening to their first album a lot, but I've been listening to Moon Hooch quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Because a friend of mine from work recommended I check them out. And then my daughter just fell in obsession. I wouldn't say fell in love with, but like just attached herself to their their self-titled album because that was the one that is really good yeah it is it's really catchy and so i was having played saxophone myself a while back i already like listening to sax music um but this didn't come out of nowhere for me because a lot of the techniques that moon hooch in their sax playing tends to kind of play off of or riff off of popped up through this screamy sax sounds and crazy <laughs> runs and stuff and so this this felt more i don't want to say more refined but i kind of want to say more refined than moon hooch stuff i could kind of get felt, that it felt more more crafted whereas moon hooch feels yeah. a bit more loose yeah so which is actually very funny because through reading interviews they don't really write music before they go into the studio oh they just kind of go not. at it at least not like structured in the way that you would normally do. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I guess a lot of it not comes down to the edit, but they do a lot of editing of long jam session recordings, hmm. which that's fun. Yeah. No, that's cool. Yeah. I like a friend of mine put this on at one point while we were playing games and okay. I kind of initially like immediately just like jumped on it because it's cool. Just sitting with this album really opened more of it up in a way that, like, I think it's a good album before kind of doing a deep dive, but oh my gosh, does it reward a deep dive? There's a lot here. I think the first time I listened to this, I just put it on in the car and kind of worked my way through it just as an intro. And then once yeah. I sat down and really tuned into it, it opened up a lot. Yeah, I think it's fun enough to just like have on in the car. I was driving around to it the other day. But, oof, man, it it just really goes. Yeah, yeah, it does. I will say my puppy does not like this album. Hmm, do, do tell. I'm curious. She's not much of a barker, but this album, she was barking at me a good number of times. Hmm. I think it's just some of the, sometimes he gets kind of honky with the saxophone. Yes. Honky, he like, really, honk he really sounds does not. Make honk sounds. But I thought that was funny. That is funny. I mean, you can definitely make a saxophone honk or come close to a bark. Yeah, I would say he gets there. Yeah, yeah. The other note that I have for general notes is that sometimes this album feels like you're going up a hill on like a roller coaster that you've never been on. Like, you know, you're building up to something, but you have no idea what. <laughs> I can I can get behind that. Because there I are definitely like times where you're like we've been riffing for a minute. We're like building more stuff up. And I know 
just based on how this band is doing things that we're going to build stuff up and then go to somewhere else. But based on how this track is going, I don't know where that is. <laughs> yeah, it could it could be anywhere. They do some really interesting transitions. I, I will agree with that. I also felt like the tracks feel kind of like soundtrack music at times. Yes. Especially in the introductions. The introductions and then some of the later tracks, I have a lot of notes that are like, you could put this to an 80s sci-fi movie and it would fit perfectly. Oh, yeah. Which synth people love 80s sci-fi movies because they were all scored by weird synth stuff. Synth so people, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. A lot of that does make sense. But yeah, it's that's another I mean, point where I feel like we're channeling Sun Ra is like both in their affectation for their like writing about themselves, but that whole sci-fi vibe yeah and it's not there are a couple bands that i feel like sometimes are just like kind of reinventing things that are already reinventing i'm putting quotes around that actually things that are already done by just doing them again for an audience that doesn't know the original thing reviving yes and you're like oh this is so weird and then you're like oh there was already a group that did this yeah like this exact whole shtick yep they're not doing that with sun Ra. Like they're they're pushing that whole vibe in a new way that I think is pretty cool. Yeah, it seems more more inspired by than just resurrecting what what's been done yeah. in the past. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to get into? I almost want to go in reverse order because the end is really the beginning, which is the name <laughs> of the first track. Yeah. But we could really yeah, let's, just let's mess with the order. The track by track. Okay, no, so the... because the end is really the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> is the first track yes actually the not first a track confusing name at all no not at all i opened this one with this was the track even right at the beginning that really reminded me of a similar sound to the epic i didn't yeah, go through the totally epic that. and try to figure out specifically what track it was that it reminded me of but i do know that it specifically triggered a memory of like one definitive track on that album yeah but it it's got a cool like a really nice soundtrack like movie score kind of feel to it as it opens and one thing i did notice right off the bat is the percussion is like really clear yeah it it's really crisply recorded like it even the quieter hits are still right there for you to hear and process and, and work into everything else that's going on. Totally. This whole intro really has so much like ear candy going on with cymbal rolls and stuff like that. Like it does feel very cinematic where it's like weird synth risers that go on forever, but also just really, really quiet to really loud, not really loud, but like very clear cymbal rolls. But yeah, I think you're right. Like you can really hear even the, you can hear it when he starts, even when it's really quiet. Yeah. In a way yeah, that's really, really well done. I like the I say horn, but it was sax. I that was another thing I noticed across this album is the sax doesn't always sound like sax playing. No, and something that I noted a number of times is they he'll do weird sounds for the sax sound, like a very kind of low gravelly sound, but yeah. then they'll pick a synthesizer patch that is also a bassy growly. Mm-hmm. bass patch like i feel like they try and match up kind of the sound he's picking for the saxophone with like the 
synthesizer in a way that I found really interesting. Yeah. And that that was what kind of got me on this first track is the saxophone is harmonizing with a synth line and the tones sound similar in the way that like in an orchestra, you know, you'll have your clarinets harmonizing with your saxophones because they are similar, but the tone is slightly different to add that color. And yeah. it seemed like they were doing the same thing with the the sax and the synth balance. And I thought that was cool. Yeah, especially once they start throwing some effects on the sax. There's a point in the song further in where the synth takes over the melody line. And mm-hmm. it's a really clean transition. It's not like you don't notice that they switch from sax to synth, but it's way... He's doing a lot of work to make his saxophone sound not just like a saxophone. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, for a three piece, it adds good variety to it. Yeah. Instead of you just having, not that the saxophone is a one dimensional instrument. I don't fully mean it like that. But if you just kept it as an unaffected sax without trying to play different tones from it. Yeah. The music might get stale. Oh, totally. Across the whole album. Yeah. So it's a, it's I... a good good move yeah i really like that they start off jazzier on this song yeah like start the album off jazzier because i think it helps kind of establish the vibe that we're in it might be weirder jazz but we are we're going more jazz than electronic i think if you started with something like summon the fire or one of the like more driving songs it would be a little you could make the argument easier for electronic yeah i could agree with that they hate copy paste in this band is something that I noticed on this record. Like every part is played differently every time they come back around to it, which I think is really impressive. Yeah, I agree. So it's hard to tell, like, if you want to call it melody line or solo, but man, Sometimes he, he feels makes... like riffing, but it's like creative riffing. Yeah. But man, he makes you wait for those. The next note, huh? Yep. But like, I can feel myself kind of like leaning forward. Like, where are we going? like it's like when you're listening to somebody like a really good speaker and they kind of literally have you hanging on every word you're like well what's where are we going next (laughs) like the amount of space in the song from the sax is really impressive speaking of space they do some they they get into the the spacey kind of sound effects pretty early on too oh yeah it basically just starts with that yeah um which is fun i like that we kind of I feel like there's a couple early tracks where we we start there and then we kind of veer away from there a little bit and then it comes back in for the like last bunch of tracks, which is a fun. It was fun because it kind of prevents that like later mid album drag that I feel like I noticed a lot that we hit. Yeah. Where you're like, okay, I've heard all like this sounds like every other song on this record now. Yeah, having having done quite a few of these at this point, I think there are some trends that we notice in albums that are just they're fine for casual listening. They're great for background music. Yeah, the having an album that's pretty consistent throughout is great for background music. But once you start to try to dig into it, it makes it just kind of wear on you. You just I wouldn't say get sick of it, but. Yeah. You just find that there's not enough to keep digging. Yeah. Yeah. And you've heard us hit that point. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like too much really good like mac and cheese or something like that. Like a like a food or cheese. I was about to say cheesecake, but I know some people that you can't reach the end of cheesecake. So, but you get what I mean. Like, yeah, you're just kind of like, I could be done now. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, this is a cool track. It's a good opener. It's like you said, it starts more jazzy instead of starting. I do. With... No, go ahead. I do like that. It, it starts like very spacey. And then I have a note that it almost becomes like, like cyberpunk. You're in a future city kind of vibe, yeah. actually. Yep. Like, yeah, very cyberpunk, very like Blade Runner, future noir. Yeah, because you get some like what I think of as stereotypical, I don't know, space vehicle sounds yep. thrown in there. Yeah, a lot of the whooshing. I, I, yeah, whooshing and like twinkle, like yeah. I don't, I don't know how else to explain it. Yeah. But yeah, it starts very like space jazz. And then when we transition more into like jazz jazz, you're like, all right, so we're still kind of spacey. Yep. But so no, this was a good opener. I like I liked it as an opening track. Yeah. So moving into Birth of Creation. Yeah. Track two. I love this really deep sax sound that opens this up. I honestly wasn't even positive it was a sax at first. It is. Yeah, I get that. But it sounds yeah. more along the lines of the, I don't, mellower woodwinds, like bassoon. Yeah. Like bass clarinet. Yeah. It's got that just darker sound to it. It, it also, is a very, sorry, uh, very no, no, like, no. dark woodwind sound for sure. Yeah, it is. It also reminds, like, I got listening to these songs because they all had kind of, the vibe that they were the score to something i started trying to work out what that score might be too and so All this right. this one in my mind starts out similar to like some some listeners might not even get this some might but like a looney tunes episode or an old disney cartoon maybe even a fantasia thing of a scene of like a mine cuz it's that deep kind of cave feel but then yeah. as you like work your way down the mine and the song starts to open up because it gets yeah that electronic lift comes in pretty quick i feel like yeah. you're you're working your way down the mine only to find that it's actually a tunnel leading to like wakanda like this giant <laughs> open technologically advanced underground society so as the synths come in with like the womp womp, you're seeing, I don't know, massive alien diggers and stuff. But it starts out yeah. so much more pared down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This track really evolves as it goes. Yeah. Which is funny because it's not it's one of the longer tracks on the album, but it's not even nearly the longest one by far. Mm -mm. But yeah, it's such a cool very sparse opening with that like really low sax and then it's like a rim shot type percussion sound like hitting the snare drum with the the stick like not yeah, yeah. and then it sounded like a dub style like dub reggae style delay on the kick like you can mm -hmm. hear the kick echo when he hits it which i guess kind of further enhances that like mine feeling like we're yeah we're in a weird and like you don't Production wise, I don't think about putting that on the kick. I tend to avoid like delays and stuff on really bassy stuff because mm -hmm. 
it's a good way to get really muddy really quick. But I think because you have so much space in this, they can kind of get away with it. Yeah, I mean, the band is the the one sax, a drummer, and synth, which synth can get really busy, but synth can also yeah. just add. Yeah, which he does a lot. Yeah. I read that it actually sounds kind of gorilla-y to me when the like synth and everything comes in. I can agree with that. This song, I had it in my mind when I was driving once that this song sounds a lot like what the gorillas and danger mouse were going for at yeah. in the intro to demon days yeah because the yeah it very demon specifically reminds me of parts this. of demon days yeah yeah which i mean demon yeah. days despite i i know you and i have had conversations on this demon days still has like a a place in my heart because it was just a good album at the time that it came out when I think I Demon Days is still a really good album. It's a good album. It just sounds very Danger Mouse. And the more you listen oh, yeah. to Danger Mouse, the more you're like, oh, this is the Danger Mouse sound. Okay. Yeah. This is one where they definitely match like synth tone and sax tone. Yes. Pretty early on. It's such a fun melody, too. It's just kind of the description I had was windy. <laughs> <laughs> it does feel windy. Um, this is one of those tracks that's always building on itself. Yeah. Yeah. And so as you as it winds, it it kind of adds and takes away, but is always moving yep. somewhere. Yeah. Like when they bring in the melody part a second time, the synth gets this really like lucky sound mm-hmm. in the background. That's really cool. And then ooh, that bridge gets nasty. Yeah. Yep. That gets just deep and distorted and all that. But I love that little like four note ostinato, like repeated, like do 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 kind of thing repeated in the sax that like turns yeah. into its whole, it like turns into a whole nother part all of a sudden when you don't expect it to. It does. It just kind of dances and it does cool stuff. It, that part to me was another one of those moments where the saxophone tonality, it doesn't make me just immediately think sax. Yeah. And it blends into the background really well in like it doesn't jump out and grab you it's just kind of this nice background movement yeah i love in that bridge you get like this nasty synth bass that gets like shaky when it holds notes yes not like wub like dubstep wub but like yeah shaky (laughs) yeah and it pulses in and out it yeah it doesn't come in hard it just kind of like fades in and out and it fades right up until it does that shaky and then it draws back out yep yeah i wrote that the there's something really like head bobbingly repetitive about this but also they're always changing something up mm-hmm. which is kind of just a general album note really but this song is like where it really hits i feel like um i love the saxon strings melody that shows up yeah towards the end of this and then, like, he hits that really high note towards the end. And, like, usually you have that be, like, the loudest thing. Like, that mm-hmm. was always something when I was prepping for solos was my teachers were always like, make sure you really hit that build to it. Like, make sure you have space for that. And he kind of breaks on it. Like, he doesn't hold it. He's not, like, belting it out. And it's not, I don't know if it was just a take where he didn't quite get it. 
mm-hmm. and they kept that one instead because we I know he can play that note. There are bits later on that prove that he can play that note. I'm not yeah. calling into question his talent. I, I I don't know. I think there's something really cool about that. He doesn't hold on the highest note that he like he builds up to this thing and then just like they don't hold on it. They don't you know, it's not like the thing that we're building to. It's just, yeah, here we go. <laughs> He's like, touched it, moving on. Yeah, and then they kind of just do that little like walk down of like, boo, do, 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 do. And you're like, that's it? Yeah. But I don't know. It was surprising in a way that I thought was kind of cool. Breaking convention. Yeah, I really like this song. Yeah, no, it was a good song. This is a really good one. I just, it's very musical. And in, in like you said, there are some really good head bobbing bits throughout. Yeah. Yeah, he riffs really well. Uh-huh. Yeah, I agree. Uh, speaking of riffs, do you want to move on to Summon the Fire? Yeah, track three. Because this the song, fire. riffs. This song starts out with a really nice riff. Yeah. It really does. Between that super driving synth bass and then the, like the nasty tone that he gets in the sax. Yeah. It's a very the drums cool... are really good in this, too. They're just good driving beats. That... Which is funny because I have a note too. Like I kind of went deep on this. The synth bass drives hard enough where it's either a very resonant filter on the bass, which I can drop another explainer for in the links section, or it's hi hats. But there's like not much drumming until like forty seconds into the song. Yeah, but once he goes, it really goes. Yeah, it kind of makes me think that they they keep the drums back to hook you on everything but like really sink the hooks in and then yep. once they've got you really hooked then they just yank it oh yeah yeah because they do eventually too, just like stop driving in the bass and switch over to driving in the drums yeah yeah i thought was really cool it, like, it made it, me think of like like fun driving music like Mario Kart soundtrack kind of music. Okay. And I specifically thought of Mario Kart because I was thinking of it as kind of a chase, but not mm. not like a really intense chase. And then when it hits that part where the whole song goes through a weird filter mm-hmm. and then like jumps ahead, it made me think of playing like Mario Kart 8 when you go on the track and you're driving like your normal Mario Kart and then you hit the transition period and everybody goes into hover cars and oh, the whole yeah. thing kind of goes crazy and upside down and everything. And that's what that weird like filter transition made me think of. Yeah. Or like, the chase if you're still going, the drive is still there, <laughs> but now we're going to get weird. Yeah. I do like, like they do little flips on the riff as we go again. And then like, yeah, that change up where the drums start driving instead of the bass to symbolize like hey we're going somewhere you don't know where and then we just get really nasty tones Uh, that's one thing that i think if the only idea of a saxophone that you've ever had is like high school or middle school band this album is going to introduce you to a whole world of techniques and expression that that instrument has yeah my guess is this is do we know what kind of saxophone he plays? No. I, I mean, based on like the sound in the Tanner? past one, he probably passes off 
between a couple of them, but yeah, that's true. That's a good point because there's a lot of range on what he plays. Yeah, like I don't think you get that deep sound from the last track on uh on anything, but like a, on a yeah. baritone probably. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are so Speaking for of... for anybody that doesn't know, there are four different types of saxophone. So they span different ranges of what you can play, and that's based on size. So you got baritone sax, which is like the base of the sax world. The tenor sax, which you see a lot in jazz and even makes some appearances in rockabilly kind of stuff. And then you have the alto sax, which is the smallest of the curved saxes. And then you've got the Kenny G, which is the soprano sax, which is typically a straight, looks more clarinet-esque sax. Yeah. And that's really high and can get really squealy, but... Speaking of really high and squealy, squealy. there is a point in this where he hits the like da 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 da, and I think it's a cool minute, a honking. Yeah, I think it's really cool for a second, and then I start to hate it, (laughs) and then the rest of the band comes in, and I actually kind of really like it again. Mm -hmm. And that transition is very weird to me because I don't totally know what to do with that because there is always a point where I was like, I'm like, ooh. Ooh, good. It's Get really off it, this. This tone it's is really bad. grating, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's that's that is the part where it makes me think that there's some honking and barking. He yeah. kind of did. And if you if you listen to it, you'll know why I say that. Or hopefully, you know, why I say that, because the more drawn out ones sound like honks and the more cut ones sound like barks. Yeah. But. It goes on a little too long, especially when you're yeah. really focused on it. Yeah, it does. But I do, I come back around on it once the band drops in, too. Yeah. It's that thing of, like, the Metallica guitar tone sometimes where you're like, oh, this is bad until the band comes in, and then it's kind of great. Yep. That's the interesting thing about instruments is how much how much different it sounds when it's supported by other instruments. Yeah. Yeah, that, that just... Is intense. A lot. It gets your attention. It does. (laughs) And that's, I think that's why I like it when it first comes in, even if it's not like my favorite sound to hear, because it is really like, it pulls you back in for sure. But then it, yeah, it just goes on for like one or two little repeats too long until everybody else comes in and then it's cool again. Yeah. I, I wanted to know what you thought of that because, yeah, I just had that moment where I was like, I hate this until I kind of love it again. I, I like it because, like you said, it's really attention grabbing in the song, especially in that they drop everything else out. They create a really big space for that sound to exist in. And yeah. I, I almost appreciate writing something long enough for you to question whether or not you like it. That is a very like jazz yeah. kind of thing, I feel like. But then not changing anything in that, but changing what's going on around it and having you be like, oh, yeah, I do really like this. No, this still sounds great. Let's not turn yeah. this album off right now because of the geese. Yeah, it kind of rules. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that is a hard line to walk. I think the the best times that that line is walked 
or when people aren't thinking about walking that line. Yeah. I don't think those moments work well when they're intentionally set up. I think it's just the kind of thing that works because you, if you've ever jammed, you've played things and you ride it. Sometimes you ride a riff or something a little bit longer than even you want to because you're trying to really pinpoint where you're going next. Yes. Yeah. Not having an idea of where to go next is always such a bummer moment in a jam. Yeah. But this way, in this track, it works super well because it's, I, I don't know if it's a moment where he doesn't know where he's going, but in him not taking it anywhere, the band then goes somewhere. Yeah. Which is a cool transition in yeah. his own right. Yeah. Because he, yeah, he yeah. kind of, you could ride a riff and then launch into a solo, or you can ride a, like, start riding a riff that you just started. And that becomes the new focal point of where everything else goes from there or yeah. the foundation to where everything else goes. And they each other place. But I think not launching into a solo and letting the music take a pivot is not used as often and gets a good response. Yeah, that's a good point. Because, yeah, everybody always wants the solo. Yeah. But it's kind of fun that he just doesn't. But... I mean, he's got plenty of solos in the album. He didn't. You didn't necessarily need yeah, another. Very true. My last note on this track is just, fuck, I need a breath after that. Yeah, they did indeed summon the fire. They did. Which, I said that, forgetting that the next one is, at least to me, the heaviest song on the album. It is. It's also the only one with any vocals on it. Yes. And I think yes. the vocals make it significantly more heavy. Yeah. Especially because of the the effects on the vocals. So with that, that's bringing us into track number four, Blood of the Past, featuring Kate Tempest. Yep. Who is a poet slash rapper, but I feel like more poet. I could see that. I could see Spoken word artist and playwright as well. So the flow on this track, specifically the flow of some of her rhymes or the flow of some of these lines, reminded me of black thought at his Mm. more tame delivery yeah black thought of the roots yeah i could see that but no it there was just there's something about his flow that this reminded me of yeah this one does feel way more like spoken word poetry to me yeah but i think it's really cool so before we even get into that i do love the musical intro in this song too Mm-hmm. It's very dreamy. <laughs> yeah, there's something about the canned woo sound that hits in time with the symbol that's just kind of funny to me. Something about the beginning of this track reminded me of Ludwig's like score production style or even some of his work with Donald Glover or Childish Gambino. It sounded like something that I could see him working on or working over. And then the canned woo sound reminded me of when i say ludwig either the mandalorian or the black panther soundtrack some of the more backgroundy yeah sounds in that i could definitely see that until the bass and the drums drop in oh yeah no as soon as as soon as the song (laughs) opens up all of that goes out the window yeah we are in a different territory now my friend (laughs) 
I did love, I wrote a note that as soon as that happened, I just found myself like grabbing my stereo remote and turning my stereo up like 3 dB. <laughs> damn, that rocks. There's just so much swagger to this song once it once it hits its stride. It, it gets just... like it's funny because the alternate my alternate pick for this week was gonna be a stoner metal album, and never mind, we got there. <laughs> just super heavy, super bassy, slow riff, slow-ish riff that yeah. just like has you like it just struts. very much nodding along. Slow struts, yeah. I did love that the song is so heavy and involves the saxophone too, because that is not what I that is not the instrument that I think of. No, but on this one thing that I thought was interesting as far as that heavy kind of like head nod feel is I'm not sure if you noticed this. The sax's time kind of fluctuates in yeah. its riffing. It doesn't hit the beats right on, but it doesn't always play behind the beat. Sometimes it's on it. It might even lead it a little bit and then it kind of drops back. It's, it is really loose. Yeah. Well, and he's even messing with just like, he'll play like a really fast burst of notes and then not slow, but much slower kind mm -hmm. of thing. Like, I think of him like doing the like da 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 kind of sound and then almost immediately like do 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 kind of like it's he's just playing with time a lot in the song yeah yeah and then we get into the actual lyrics which yeah. i'm not gonna lie i had never actually like looked up before so that was kind of cool hmm. for this i realize why i say it reminded me of black thought and it has to do with spoken what i would say is spoken word poetry on one of their albums okay. and so it was specifically like spoken word poetry that it reminded me of so it makes sense that when you said she's more known as a poet than a rapper and why yeah. i was kind of tying those two things together yeah this does go really heavy yes yes it does yeah there's nothing but progress to eat and we are so fat and so hungry is one of the ones that always sticks out to me i was gonna say there are some interesting what's the word i'm looking for contradictions within it yeah give me a sharply dressed talking heads who has something about them i trust and despise yeah and then we transition out of it and we are still in just like super heavy <laughs> yep <laughs> i really wanna this is the point where i wrote a note that was just i really want to see this band live <laughs> i do too i really want to see this band live i think it would be awesome yeah because when you were just Sitting down and like listening to this song, it is very intense. Agreed. Yeah, that cool like rising bass synth and chaos percussion, as I wrote mm -hmm. at the end to finish it off, like really just reinforces that. Like it's a, it's a pretty long ending on this, but I feel like it kind of deserves it because we're about to go into a mood change and all that. Mm. The only other note that I had on it was that I think the the shrieking sax at the, like towards the end where he really just really goes for it yeah and it gets just wildly shrieky it was a cool touch to a song that's already got that heavy feel to it just to kind of add that soaring bit over top of all of that was yeah was a nice icing to the cake yeah and like 
that's one of those points where I feel like he proves he could have hit that note if he wanted to hit it and hold on it. Yeah, maybe he didn't want you to get sick of it. Yeah. I don't know. But <laughs> I like it. Mm-hmm. I agree. I was just going to say, it's it's interesting that they chose to put lyrics on anything. What yeah. did you think? Did it... I mean, the, the first time that you listened to it, did it take you by surprise when you started hearing words? Or did you kind of expect that once you saw that there was a featured artist on it? Mm-hmm. What were your thoughts on that? I don't remember. Honestly, I don't think it really it doesn't I'm not going to lie. It doesn't stand out that much to me because I feel like it is I like the band talks a lot in interviews kind of talking about how they really want to kind of help people come to realizations that we could be making things better and should be making things better. So in some ways, I feel like the lyrics are just them like really putting their foot down on that i think the fact that it's more it's not really sung helps a lot with that where it just kind of i don't know it just really to me it just fits in it feels very normal yeah (laughs) i mean i guess having having the spoken word poetry for a band that's already very jazzy as far as just the the artistry of it it isn't that it's not out of place yeah it's kind of a, a nice addition to to keep some variety in the album yeah in that way so no i was just wondering your thoughts on it as far as the the uniqueness yeah totally it's a good question it's funny because until you asked it it i didn't realize how much it just kind of like works for me until you asked and then i was like well why would it be weird but yeah it's (laughs) the only song with it's a band that i would otherwise say is an instrumental trio but yeah a song with lyrics so yeah but yeah, so that that will bring us to the next track then. Super you know, Zodiac. Super Zodiac track five. I do really like that they go kind of spacey and then heavier and heavier and heavier for like four songs. And then they're like, all right, let's let's pull out of that a little. Yeah, this one kind of starts out more with like the Tron Legacy soundtrack feel to it. It's just pretty what I think of more as like a classic synth pad opening bloom to it. Yep. Very like 80s sci-fi yep. space thing. Yeah. But then we launch. Yeah. With just hard sax riffing. Well, and the I find the like bass rhythm so interesting because again, talking about like playing with time, it's a it doesn't fit like cleanly into four. Mm-hmm. That like kind of thing like it it feels like it's constantly like kind of hitching a little bit uh-huh i haven't sat and like fully figured out where it fits on beat mm-hmm. but i do feel like it's like it at least feels like it's off time even if it isn't kind of thing that's interesting because i didn't i didn't super catch that but i was not like off time in... off time no, no no i know what you mean yeah I was more yeah. latched in on the stacks. I was hearing the bass, but I wasn't thinking so much about the time. Yeah. Yeah. I that... also was really swept up with how driving this song is. They give you a bit to like catch your breath, but it does come back around to we're going to drive now. I want like a frantic chase scene for this song. Yeah. Like an on foot running through a bazaar or something kind of chase scene. 
because yeah. of just how hard the saxophone is driving. And at the same time, listening to the sax play this, I kind of feel for him because it sounds exhausting. Yeah, it's fast. Yeah, it's really fast and really punchy. Yeah, like for a wind instrument, especially where you really kind of have to like have that breath, it it Respect. goes. Respect. It's, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting on the bass, though. I I never really thought too hard about the time on this song, but I I never really thought too hard about the time on any of these, really. Yeah, it would be interesting to kind of dive into, but I didn't. I don't know. I didn't really feel like going there on this one because it just. No, I was just kind of feeling the music. Yeah, it's not as outwardly showy as far as like compared to like King Gizzard. I feel like yeah. they like really want you to know they're doing some weird time signatures yeah. in a way that I think is fun, but like that's not the point here. Yeah, I agree. They don't want you like counting along to the music. They just want you grooving. Yeah, I noticed this. No, what were mm. you say? Uh, this is one where I like made the note that they are very anti copy paste on this. Yes, for those that don't know, uh, copy paste would be in an edit or when you play something. A good example would be if you've got a riff to a song and you want that riff to repeat through the next verse or something, you just copy it, paste it, and let it play itself instead of recording you playing the entire thing, which these guys definitely record playing the whole thing. Yeah, it means that you just need one good take to do it instead of however many they did here. They switched it so much. I actually noticed really do. I didn't notice it until part of the way through the song. So I don't know if it doesn't, if it comes in right away or not. But the saxophone has like a hair of delay to it. Mm. So you get this little bit of a slapback effect where yeah. it plays that those rapid fire notes, but you're also hearing this kind of bounce back echo of the notes. Yeah. But it's so slight that. He's definitely playing all those notes. It's not like the echo is ghosting some of them in there or anything. Yeah. The delay is just there almost to add almost to add to the chaos. Yeah. Because yeah. it's already chaos just hearing him machine gun out those notes. Yep. It's funny, too, that you describe it as chaos because I don't think of this song as chaotic because it's all understood like auditorially understandable yeah but man it just like goes They're yeah just it going. really does it does i was i was just thinking i want to listen to it again because i'm trying to remember in my mind how fast he plays the notes because mm. the thing you can do on a saxophone is you can roll your tongue okay to play notes like actually rapid fire notes um mm-hmm. But it gets a little sloppy. And yeah. I, I don't think he's doing the tongue roll like a trill, like rolling your R's as he's playing them. But I'm I'm just now thinking about that. Yeah. I remember discovering that in like eighth grade. And it was just the most fun playing technique I'd ever tried because it's so ridiculous. Like in eighth grade, seventh or eighth grade, you know, you're just half of what you do is just messing around with your instrument. And so when yeah, you figure totally. out that you can just like, into the saxophone you're like oh i'm doing this forever this is it this is and then your band teacher tells you to stop because it's pretty annoying yeah yeah so it's fun. 
That is funny. But no, uh, the song is awesome. The song is a lot of yeah. fun. Yeah. He starts just like playing scales at the end, which is really <laughs> fun. Like, and it works too. It, you know, jazzy scales and stuff yeah. like that. And it just, again, proves that he like really can just hit that high note if he wanted to. Yep. The end, it's controlled, but it feels hectic to me. Yeah. Just kind of, I don't know, not rushed, but there's a lot going on. They're yeah. Just throwing things at you at that point. It's a cool track. It is. It's very fun. Yeah. I like it as a tone shift from the previous one because it kind of it gives you enough time to get a breath and then kind of still keeps it up here. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I can agree with that. After the last after Blood of the Past kind of sinks you for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. You want to move into the next track, Astral Flying? Sure. Track six. I think it's a fitting name because it has a the feel is is kind of like a flying feeling yeah. in the music at first. Yeah, uh, they're finally just has... acknowledging the like sci-fi synth flying sounds. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, we've already kind of gotten you hooked. You're already on track six, so we're just gonna embrace this. Yep. I really liked the. This is kind of the return of that intense bassy pulse. Yeah, they don't use it as a pad, and eventually they start playing them back to back but at first you're given a bass pulse and then breathing room it just kind of kind of like peeks out and then brings itself back and lets everything else have some room yeah they really like to either start really intense with the bass and then have him drop out further in or the opposite i feel like it gives it a more intense presence when you do the the dropout because then yeah. when it does come in you're i don't know you feel it yeah it's just like whoa that's bassy okay it really gets your attention yeah yeah it's really cool i like it's such a chill opening vibe does get like pretty jazzy again which is fun and then just like these really really long synth risers mm -hmm. that just go up and up and up and up and up. Yeah, the the bass and the sax start harmonizing nicely too, which I think yeah. adds to the jazzy feel of it. They are really yeah. they don't do it too much, but they are really good at nice moving harmonies. Yes. Yeah, they really Playing are. Through some repeating flowing kind of stuff and doing cool harmonizing with it. Yeah. Yeah, like most I wrote the most of the song has a pretty like or a lot of this song, I guess, not most, has like a pretty like meditative vibe that mm -hmm. I thought was pretty cool. Um, but also I do really like it when we get into him riffing on things. Yeah. Yeah, um, and it goes through a cool little breakdown too at one point. In yeah. Where everything a lot of stuff kind yeah. of like pulls back. One thing that I noticed that was weird is when they do the little breakdown bit. Mm-hmm. They've got a pad kind of going. And then for just like half a second, it's almost like the synth just completely cuts out. Yes. Yeah. And then it comes back like it had like a brownout. Like it just yeah. flickers. But when it comes back, it's got this kind of twinkly, almost like the sound effect you expect in a movie where you have slow-mo broken glass falling. Mm. 
Does that make sense? It's like that. Yes. Almost like chimes, like really high pitched kind of little metal chime. That sound is added to the synth as the twinkly kind of sparkly weird overtone. Yeah, it gets very twinkly. Yeah. In a cool way. I also I just love that synth the like do 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 kind of drift that he does for a while. The weird like rising thing. It's very again that like kind of weird rolling like feel. Love it. They're just really good with feel. There's just something that they do that reaches out and I feel like actually touches the listener. Yeah. Which I think probably does come from like just jamming in the studio for a long time and then kind of finding what you like off of that. Yeah. Just yeah, like they they find that point where you're like, you know, comfortable in the jam and you know what mm-hmm. you're gonna do next and like have that good feel. Yeah. Yeah, I can agree with that. Well. I'm good to move to track seven, time wave zero. Time wave zero. Time wave zero. I don't know if we're we're surfing a time wave with this one or what. I wrote that we're in the sci-fi jungle. I could see that. I I said that we've still got the soundtrack feel, but it's kind of more like video game soundtrack at this point. Yeah. The drum feel yeah. is really cool. It's got some nice toms thrown in there. There's um, like bird call sounds in the synthesizers. <laughs> yeah. I this yeah. one it the saxophone playing sounds the most like singing that I've heard it almost where it feels like it's actually trying to tell you something. Yeah. It's very expressive sax at this point. Yeah. I wrote that it was a very similar melody to like one of the first tracks Mm -hmm. and like not it like kind of felt like a a callback, but I know it's not like a direct one kind Mm -hmm. of thing, but yeah. Yeah. Like it's just kind of, I, I get what you mean. Not like a callback to it, but they definitely belong on the same album in terms of the yeah some kind of commonality. Like the that to bring it back to the epic, the epic loves to bring like themes back. Yeah, in a real way. This one isn't quite that, mm-hmm. but it does feel like we're yeah just kind of referencing it. Yeah, I can see that. I didn't have a lot on this, but I thought it was interesting on this track but i thought it was interesting that it starts off like i said with so much kind of feel but it builds to just become a choppy mess yeah i don't have any other way to describe it it is just kind of a mess it feels like purposeful again like there are points where you can like hear that the saxophone riff went on long enough that he is like running out of breath yeah Again, in that kind of way, where I'm like, "Man, that's really cool that you like." Yeah, I like the I like the rough edges on things like that. Yeah, like you when, could have stitched multiple takes together. Yeah, but why? Yeah, or you could just leave it like that. It adds more life to it, I think, in a way. Yeah, I did have one note towards the end of the like towards the very end of the track, which was just, "Damn, even when you think the sax player cannot build more." he does yep yep this song does you know i I said it builds to a mess but it does 
it feels like towards the end it tries to collect itself. Yeah. It doesn't quite get there, which I found even more interesting. It kind of like it collects itself and it doesn't quite make it back to good. And then it yeah. just starts to kind of melt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like a mess. And then it tries to reel itself in and it just doesn't. But it doesn't completely fall apart and it doesn't do so in a rapid fire wheels fall off kind of manner. Like I said, it just kind of melts from there. It It's the best way I can explain it. Yeah, I like that. Which was cool. Actually. It was it was a cool way of ending the track. I don't I I like that these tracks all end differently. Some of them just cut. Some of them kind of, you know, they they go out with a bang. Some of them kind of draw out and just mm, fade. This one has character in how it ends itself. Yeah. Yeah, some of them do fade into each other too. And then yeah. some of them don't. But they bring it back together with the next track, Unity. Yep. Track eight, Unity, is... This is the one, what I was going to say. It's a really chill start. It really is. I can't tell if it's a guitar or like a synth patch that sounds like a a guitar. I would go with it's a synth patch that sounds like a guitar, I think. Yeah. The synth sounds in the background, they sound far away. It sounds like they're creating a landscape with the sound, which gave me this image of like walking through a widespread musical village. Mm. So, you know, people around you, but also far away from you are playing music. It all blends together, but it is all very clearly at different distances from you. Yeah. Almost like when you're at a festival with multiple stages and they're just like, yeah, Yep. All kind of going. Yeah, I this track was really cool. I didn't take very many notes on it because this one is I, I just said this one's kind of its own journey. Like yeah. You this track seemed like the track that I I just wanted to unplug and just enjoy the ride on it. Yeah. Which I like that that's we're like right at like almost right at the end and that's the vibe it's not like i don't have a lot of notes because i just like don't have them it's like i don't have a lot of notes because i kind of wanted to just like say in the vibe yeah this song it's just deep in that way in the the groove of it which was cool after the album having so many other rapid fire riffy kind of stuff to have this too yeah i wrote that i really like this super clicky percussion sounds in it okay And there's a synth. It's just like a two note thing, but it almost feels like a counter melody to the slower saxophone riff. Okay. That I thought was really cool. Yeah. Like still just very clearly like kind of more hitting like the chord voicings, but I don't know. It was cool. Yeah. Because it's a more meditative thing. It almost felt like they were kind of blending. Like weaving. Yeah, I really like the sub bass coming in at the end just for a bit to like really kind of anchor things. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote this song fixed my vibe. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Because, yeah, just just like chilling and listening to that song is like I just felt good at the end of it. Kind of <laughs> yeah, it it brings everything back to unity. It just is. 
just good for that. I'm just sitting here remembering like that. It's a cool track. Just kind of you just kind of fall into it. Yeah. Moving into the universe wakes up. Yeah, this is track nine, the last track on the album. Yeah, I'm trying to come up with like something quippy to say about it because, you know, we were saying the first track because the end is really the beginning was like, is this is the universe wakes up really the beginning? Is that what they were trying to tell us all along? I don't know. (laughs) I really love that we're back in like sci-fi noir city. Yeah, on this one, definitely. You know, I got because of the time period and the synthiness or the like the inspiration time period every once in a while i would get a little bit of like pink floyd dark side of the moon vibes on the synth stuff and the spacey kind of sound effects because you know every once in a while in dark side you get some breakdowns that are more synth exploratory but on this track specifically i the opening doesn't entirely sound like the song us and them especially because i went back and listened to us and them and there's a lot more going on in there but just something about the saxophone with the synth in the specific chord structure they're playing and everything keeps giving me us and them vibe and i know they're different songs i wouldn't go as far as to say like oh this one pulls from this or that i don't know what it is but in my brain there's a thread between those two songs that i couldn't sever Mm. and it might be the more emotional saxophone being used at the beginning like feel instead of sax shredding yeah and the more not cliched but like the more straightforward synth pads instead of getting really weird but then the song moves away from that feeling. It yeah. just kind of opens and makes me it it settles me or it like grounds me the same way on dark side us and them after album craziness in points of the song just kind of grounds you with mm-hmm. the mellowness. But then that song gets kind of heavy. So Yeah. Yeah. I wrote that I really love those like tape effects on the synth or maybe it's just like the way they program the patch but you can hear it like bending in and out of tune a little bit i did notice that it was really weird actually (laughs) yeah like not far but yeah it just keeps kind of like drifting a little yeah i like the saxophone is playing pretty straightforward kind of like in the same key as everything kind of stuff and then it moves into a bit of like a chromatic shift out of key or playing some blue notes here and there and it Mm -hmm. really got my attention because up until that point which isn't very far into the song it feels a lot more straightforward than what we've been listening to and then yeah even the way that it plays off i don't want to say out of key but kind of still feels a lot more traditional musically than what we've heard up to that point it yeah. was an interesting musical direction that it went in for a little bit. It really does. I kind of wrote that this. I find the song really comforting, but there's also just points where he is just like soloing his whole ass off on the song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I thought I, that was pretty cool. Thought, yeah, no, I agree. I thought it was pretty cool. It The song seems to go from like kind of straight, more chill playing with pads 
to getting spacey with weird synth stuff to getting just crazy. Yeah. That's the whole song development. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> yeah, it's, you're right, though. Because Yeah, he just nuts. goes. He does. To the point and where it almost, like, it almost stops hitting in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I find it really impressive and stuff, but you almost can just kind of, like, tune it out and just be like, we're still in, like, cool, chill time. Yep, yep. So, I felt like, I don't know if you feel like we're ending the, the close of this track, but I feel like the absolute end of this track mm-hmm. could be a saxophone. It could be. Yeah. Or it could be a live recording of geese fighting. It could be one or the other because the way that he just starts kind of honking and. Like, oh, yeah, moving, but it's so it, far off. Yeah. It could be like you in your house. And you hear, like, outside, off in the distance somewhere, geese are fighting. <laughs> and you're just like, is that, is that geese? I can't, can't tell. Sounds crazy. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Because, yeah, he, he just gets kind of nuts. Yeah. He's just, like, noodling in the background. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But I guess right. that's the sound of the universe waking up. Yeah. I like this album a whole I lot. I do, too. It doesn't loop on itself. It honestly doesn't even it doesn't connect beginning to end in any in any way, really. Um, Yeah, I wouldn't even really say that it leaves you with this feel of like if you like your your feel, your kind of state emotionally doesn't even transition well. No track to first track. Yeah, Um, no. But yeah, they they don't want it to loop. No, no. But I, I was going to say, but I felt like listening to it end to end is great. It It is a great album. It's an interesting journey of emotion because they definitely different tracks definitely take you different places. Yeah, I do really love the they just kind of let you know what you're in for at the front and then go real hard, just harder and harder for the next like three tracks. And then they're like, all right, we're going to come out of this, but still we're not immediate. They don't immediately want to like just kill that whole mood, uh, which I think is important. Like they want you to remember that because I feel like sometimes when an album gets heavy, they're like just the whole rest of the album then is like, all right, we went there. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Whereas this one is like, no, <laughs> we can still go back there. Yep. No, it does. The album does a good job of kind of guiding you on on its journey, if you will, and taking you places, but not not just letting that define everything that's going on in the album. Yeah. So yeah. it was a cool pick. I liked it. Never heard of these guys before. So it was fun. I'm glad you liked it. I also I almost went with Sons of Comet, which the saxophonist also plays in. Hmm. So if you're looking for a bit more jazz jazz that's a a band to check out as well okay cool i think it's really cool i do like jazz well this has been i gotta look at this album before i say it one more time because i'm gonna botch it if i don't this <laughs> right been... like once you start getting it wrong <laughs> trust in the life force of the deep mystery by the comet is coming yeah which is don't don't believe that it's an electronic album because although in a way it is uh it's so much more.
And that's it for today. Thanks for listening. We know everybody asks you to do this, but if you could subscribe on the podcast platform of your choice, or even just tell a friend that you think would be interested in checking us out, it really does help. So thanks very much in advance for that. If you have suggestions, you can email us at lastvestigepod at gmail.com. Thanks very much, and we'll see you in two weeks. Bye. The comet is coming will destroy illusions. It will manifest new realities, perceptions, levels of awareness, and abilities to coexist. It is a musical expression forged in the deep mystery. It is the overcoming of fear, the embracing of chaos, the peripheral sight that we might summon the fire. I think you just so. named like four of the songs on this album. Oh yeah, totally. Also, I, I am I thinking of just cutting enough. that out and having that be our intro to this album with me saying that with just like a ton of reverb effect on it. Do a little dance. So, time to look at. Oh, I always mess this album title up, actually. Yeah. I always think it's something else. But what do you, I'm curious, what do you think it is? I think it's Trust in the Life Force of the Universe. Ah. But no, instead, yes, Trust in the Life Force of the Deep Mystery. That's the one. By the Comet is Coming. Which I saw this in an interview, and I think we should refer to them as TCIC for the podcast or comment that... or something, because I feel like saying their full band name the whole time is going to be a lot. Yeah, we I mean, TCIC works. Comet, I guess, also yeah. works. Yeah, that's like a, if if you do an explosions in the sky album and you constantly have to say explosions in the sky, it's yeah. kind of long. It's a mouthful. The comet is coming. But then, so also, trust in the life force of the deep mystery. Titulatum? No. Yeah, no, that one is not going to work. I would just call this album Trust. I like that. I think that's what I'd go with. I don't think any of their other ones start with that, so, yeah. Yeah. No. you ever played Legos, you could pick up a speed boost and then some white blocks that augmented whatever you had picked up. And if you got a speed boost and then I think it was three white blocks, you literally just teleported through a tunnel in time. What? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it was honestly the best way to win, too. It was like really the only way to win in that game. Yeah. But um that was super fun it was a cool little effect my sister is like the only person who's ever going to get that reference but 